0: Hello and welcome to Narratives Season 3 It's still a conversation with lesbians and women loving women As we tell our stories of love, loss, discovery, subversion, desire, hope and redemption We'll have a few laughs, meet new friends, learn a thing or two and hopefully be inspired So, take your place at the table and let's go! Expect nothing, learn everything, here at Narratives. Hello and welcome to Narratives, the podcast that features conversations with lesbians and women-loving women about doing what they do best and being their best. I'm your host, Ginny Villar. Join us for another chat with our new guest for this episode. After the long weekend, here we go again, full throttle for the Christmas madness. Preparing for the celebrations could be both fun and daunting, especially because this is going to be probably the first celebration in three years, with some semblance of pre-pandemic normalcy. Please remember though, we are still not out of the woods. Always include COVID safety precautions when you plan your events. Consider also local when you give gifts and help support our local artisans and business owners, especially community women. It also helps to make a list of what you are buying to keep you on financial keel. Being in the black and with manageable financial obligations is always a good way to start a new year. Spend wisely, do not make promises when you are emotionally charged, and make the mistake of seeing that charged to your credit card. And with all that said, let's meet our guest today who knows a lot about being strategic and being in a good place. She graduated from the Ateneo de Manila and is currently a project manager at corporate giant Nestle Inc. A diversity and inclusion champion, she represents her company at the Philippine Financial and Industry Pride, PFIP, a pioneer organization that pushes for diversity and inclusion in the workplace. She and her partner enjoy golf, traveling, and being for parents. During the pandemic, she found her inner plantita via the Lego Botanical series, a preoccupation aided and abetted by her loving partner. So let's get the show on the road and get a move on with the bee's knees, Bam Uichinko. Hello and welcome, bam, to Narratives the Podcast. How are you?
1: Hello, chef. I'm, I'm great. Uh, I've been working from home since the pandemic. It's a great arrangement for me, to be honest. So the flexibility, I love it.
0: I love the energy that you exude, and I'm very glad that we met. You know, we, for our listeners, so we we met during the PFIP uh, the... Happy Summit last yes. August, and uh, right. we had uh, an opportunity to chat.
1: Briefly, yeah, yes. we managed to exchange numbers. And you know, Chef, I just thought uh, because I was looking at photos from from the past, I, I ah. missed to tell you. I mm. feel like we've met before with really? Adarna. I feel oh, like uh, okay. because I I would visit Adarna like a few times uh with Rainbow Rights I was a volunteer uh, in Rainbow Rights who would have like our meetings there or uh-huh. some you know some event. I feel like we've met before. I'll, I'll say that we we met again <laughs> in the <laughs> summit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I well I wouldn't be surprised, you know, uh, yeah. if, if we had met Saddam dami lesbian ng right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small world
1: <laughs> yes okay uh growing up what was it yeah. like for you growing up i'm from the province it's in Legazpi. uh so picolana <laughs> born and raised so uh, youngest in the family of six so i have three mm-hmm. half uh, two half brothers and one half sister from the dad's side uh though growing up I didn't feel like uh, it was, you know, it was an issue, right? Although, obviously, now in hindsight, I would, you know, I would uh, pick up some moments that I would say, ah, I was the favored child. <laughs> For example, um, like washing the dishes or, you know, household chores, usually it would be my sister or like my my brothers. It was never me, like even through high school. I was never I was never tasked to do the dishes. So so I think uh, some a bit of balance now because now at home, I'm doing the dishes almost every day. so uh, the the dishes are catching up with me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty um uneventful childhood I, in hindsight. maybe I, I have been gay all along, but at that time, I didn't know what that meant, right? So I had uh, a tita. She mm-hmm. was a bit, you know, boyish. She would never wear dresses. She's always like in in pants or shorts and t-shirt. So for me, it was like, okay, that's not typical for women her age. Uh, I think at the time, I was like five or six and she would be like early mm-hmm. 20s. So I would say like, okay, that's, that's not the usual, but Okay, I, I move on. There's there's nothing there, you know. Lesbian, not even, right? Because I didn't know that there was a term for it. I didn't. It's like a tomboy said in like a very derogatory term, and in my head, no, my tita is not a tomboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's even probably like a, you know something like that. So obviously, no. Everything in in hindsight, it was wrong because there was no enough representation. So even in in media, if you talk about the lesbians, it's more like the sigat sigat type. Um. It's, it's, that's not that's not me, you know. I just didn't connect, right? So mm. I was like that. Like high school, nothing. Even had a boyfriend. Very LDR, It was a, a LDR, so I didn't really feel feel that I was in a relationship. And my first girlfriend was. It, it started like I was about. We were about to graduate in college, so that was like my first relationship. I went to Manila for for college, right? So. Uh-huh. So in my mind, there was such responsibility that my parents uh, put on me mm-hmm. so much trust that I could, you know, I could go to, to school of hours away from home. uh, mm-hmm. would only go home during December breaks or even, you know, the holiday breaks in December. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I couldn't waste that trust. And yeah. if any, anything would happen, I didn't want to go back to the province and continue by studies there I was enjoying I was learning so much here I was enjoying so much here yeah yeah exactly and and it's it's very typical actually for like provincial kids who were sent to Manila and then pag nagbulakbol, no you come home I didn't want to be the, one of the stats <laughs> one of those so see, so yeah, I really had to to take care of myself uh,
0: well that's a very good attitude no because yeah. thinking about it and not just you know the present and having fun I really mm. think about it in terms of the long term Correct. by the way what what course did you take up in college
1: <laughs> I took up European studies uh in uh, in Ateneo um okay. initially with the thought that I want to be a diplomat right I want to be in foreign service I also planned on taking the political science track uh take up French language because it's a beautiful language but then ended up, you know, doing a lot of other things, <laughs> uh, other things than planned. So I ended up doing the, the business track and uh, management uh, um, business track and, and took up German. I was doing five classes of, of German all throughout college. I really yeah. loved it. I loved learning languages. Um, uh, along the way, I was also studying Spanish. So I thought, all right, this is, you know, this is my passion. Um, and then I was able to kind of use it in my first job. I was like a German speaking worker <laughs> in, in a local, uh, in a company here. So I was like, ah, I could actually make a career out of this. This is great. Mm. Right. So so it was something that, you know, I really loved the idea that what I studied in college actually applied to, you know, what I would do after. Never mm. mind if, if it wasn't being an ambassador the <laughs> foreign service. So.
0: I, I just want to go back first when you were yeah. in college and you said that you didn't really have any attraction to women until yeah. the latter years of your college right. year yeah were you not boyish when you were younger or uh, because you said you had a boyfriend you know so
1: yeah did you, dis- yeah.
0: Did you discover it because you're already away from your parents and you can explore your sexuality what was that right. like
1: I feel like you know it's it's funny you mentioned like if I was boyish growing up maybe I was um but then at that time I was like okay I never like you know wearing dresses I don't like you know, playing with dolls. I'd rather do my Lego or my robots, you know, stuff like that. But I would, like, join the Little Miss pageants in school. <laughs> and I enjoyed that, you know. I enjoyed Great. twice in grade school. Young, like, I was really young. And then the second one was, like, or fifth or sixth grade. Huh. And I even joined one in high school, like, looking back now, oh, my goodness, I actually did that. But, but yeah, I mean, I also enjoyed it. I enjoyed the pageant. I had experience, anyway. <laughs> you know, but, but, well, yeah, well, so, well, we have beauty queen. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, my goodness, I, I enjoyed it. I joined the pageant and really had fun with it. I guess in my mind, I didn't really... Think about it as, should I ident- identify to be like this straight high school girl, pero hindi yo nagpa pants. So for me, it was like, oh, no big deal. I live my high school life and enjoy, enjoy it with my friends, right? So it was like very typical, wala, well, didn't think about it, no big deal fast forward to college so I was I was living in Along Katipunan uh, I was living in an all-female dorm uh, so I had like dorm mates from uh, from Ateneo from Miriam from UP and we were very close as a group I think it was like in my second or third year in the dorm we had a a dorm mate who had a girlfriend right so I was like mm. hmm. I was like hmm. <laughs> ding, ding 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 right <laughs> I was like huh. I wasn't shocked it was more like, huh, amazed uh, is like some form of awakening. <laughs> so yeah, I think it, it started there, the curiosity. And eventually I got to to that relationship uh, right before I graduated. Very even then, because mm-hmm. I consider myself like a late bloomer. I've been listening to your podcast and people, you know, some, some of your guests. Like they knew right away. Like no, from <laughs> from the moment they appeared into the world, they knew I was late in the game, kind of. My literature, lesbian literature, was very very limited. I was limited to L word, <laughs> and then uh, if these walls could talk, I think those were like the the two mainstream things that uh, I got exposed to. So this was around mid two thousands, and ayon, yeah, that's that's how I started. But then I've, after I broke up with that first girlfriend. I was also questioning myself, like, Mm -hmm. is this really the life that I want? Is this kind of relationship that I want to be in? And Mm -hmm. I even thought that maybe I'm bisexual. I was kind of thinking about that because uh, so at that time I had experience with, you know, with a woman. um, And then People would even at that time. It was still, you know, people would still ask, "So, who's yung guy?" That was so typical at that time. It's like, ah, oh, no, no, nobody is. Like as you can see, we're both women, but it was it was conflicting in a sense. Like, I think I'm a I'm a lesbian or I'm a woman uh, who wants to be with a woman, but I don't want to be a man. So. so so at that time, I was thinking, is it like, you know, is it automatic? If you become a lesbian and you want to be a woman, you have to be like, you know, the boyish, the mm-hmm. you know the, the, the Siga and stuff. Yeah. So in my mind, it's like, I don't want to be a boy, but mm-hmm. I'm also not very feminine. You know, I've gone through many hairstyles. <laughs> at work, uh, I even like wore skirts. At work, na toh, then like growing up, I didn't wear dresses, but at work, I would. Uh, like, but not you know, because like, you were
0: asked, but not because you were required. Not it because was I was you. required.
1: Okay. Um, it was also an influence of the first girlfriend. So it's like, okay. yeah, you you wear this at work. So parent finica, she she also had a an idea of like us being being both feminine lesbians in a relationship. <laughs> I think okay. uh, like obviously looking back na lang, uh at that time I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it like that. So with that, like I go to work in a, in a skirt. I'm like, eh, this is not really my style. So yeah, I had to like <laughs> you know, go through a lot of a lot of things. you know, uh-huh. I, I think it's it's a bit shallow, I would say, but at that time, it was my process. I have to go back a bit because I think um at that time when I was with the first girlfriend, that was also the time my mom found out by accident passed. so on the day of my graduation, the exact day so, <laughs> so so i was prepping drama. for grad yeah i was like, oh. okay. i was i was prepping for grad and then um my i was charging my phone so mm-hmm. i i was in the bathroom <laughs> so my mom was in my room in the dorm i think a message came in from from my then girlfriend and then when i got out of the bathroom she started asking so who's like this who's this why is the message like this and that uh-huh. so so I already knew she was upset right like she was really pissed right so so during the graduation like after grad we had plans of going to this place we'll have our dinner blah blah so none of those happened because she was so pissed oh. so it was like it was supposed to be a really happy day a really joyful day but it didn't turn out to be to be that way I also wanted to tell her but not in that way of course with the hope that she would understand Mm -hmm. Um, but I also knew that she wouldn't. (laughs) So Parang, obviously there's that conflict again. Parang, this is the person, you know, the most important person in your life. You want to tell your truth to her, but there's that huge risk that she's not gonna talk to you after if she doesn't like it.
0: What happened after that? Did you ever have an opportunity to introduce her to to have a conversation? Um
1: I think I was able to introduce her but before that whole cell phone (laughs) cell phone checking incident. So parang when she checked when she got to the message I just told her oh, it was it was this girl who we had lunch with yesterday.
0: Mm. So I
1: guess for her she kind of like pieced things together and after graduation she went back to the province. She didn't tell my my dad. Uh, That's what she said. So and then after that nothing, no, no mention of it. Right. So we didn't talk about it. Nothing. That's the time I knew that this is not going to work with me being with a woman. And then my mom is not going to work. But I guess it kind of worked in a sense that I was living away from my family. Right. So you're in Manila. They were in the province. So I suppose that that you know situation still gave me the opportunity to like get to know myself more and at the same time I was away from them okay i've graduated i have to get a good job and mm-hmm. i have to be really good at my job because i don't want her to think that i'm first and foremost a lesbian i want her to think that you know i'm good at what i do being a lesbian is just a part of me <laughs> i see you nodding and i feel like yeah. you know it's really a common thing- theme yes. among lgbt
0: that's very good because I always tell young people, being lesbian should not be your career. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Right? It's DLT. not a career, guys. <laughs> it's not a career. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah. very happy that you said it. That's why I kept nodding my head. You know, I couldn't nod yeah. my head enough. Yeah. Uh, whenever yeah. you yeah. say that. That's that's a very good point. And how did oh, yeah. you adjust from school? Because shampoo, when you're in, in school, it's like a bubble, pay, right?
1: mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: everybody's like equal in a way, right? Uh, nobody really minds what you do because the next year you go to another level, the next year you go to right. another level. But then when you're out of school, yeah. adjusting to new your new sexuality and yeah. trying to look for a job, um, yeah.
1: what was that like? It happened in such a good way, and I think I'm very. Fortunate with that because mm-hmm. at that time, so I was just a, a new lesbian. Um, I was starting to come out with friends, but at work, I was out to everybody. I just introduced them to, you know, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of it, I think it was just like that it was very simple and no big deal right so yes. so I was like in a big team it was very diverse in terms of age I thought like you know the older ones would be a bit more resistant but I was surprised right <laughs> uh, so this was 2005 it's really no biggie and I had close friends who were from UP the more you know open-minded ones I suppose and yeah similar to everybody I, I was out to everyone they were so accepting and at that mm. I was just slowly coming out to my high school friends to my college (laughs) friends so I would even say that the workplace was like my haven you know Mm -hmm. so uh, since I wasn't out in most aspects to in my life I wasn't out to the people in most aspects of my life but at the workplace I knew that I would be very comfortable with you know who I was with how I identified so and again going back to workplace inclusion I mean Mm -hmm. You just have to be kind, right? Because there are a lot of you know kids now who probably you know they're not out to their family, but then in the office at work they could really be themselves. And then pandemic happened when people were forced to work from home. So pananas like that safe haven, haven was taken away from them in an instant. So this is like my realizations then, like in the past two three years. Like really just have to be kind. Libre naman. Shout out to my friends. (laughs) So yeah, they will listen to this and you will know who you are.
0: (laughs) I'm very glad to hear that you had a good experience. It wasn't traumatizing at all. And I suppose um, had that initial experience not been ideal, then we would have lost out on someone who's very articulate <laughs> and very heartbreaking. Thank you. Very productive. <laughs> yeah, diba?
1: Yeah. Sayang naman and yeah, and then during those years, like, I've had good relationships with friends and stuff. But then there's always a joke like in my in my circle. Uh back then, like in, in December, I would go home to my parents' house in the province for the holidays. And my mom's birthday then, is very close to Christmas. So her mm-hmm. birthday is on the 23rd. So usually I'm I'm in the province around that time. So She's always happy to see me, right? Uh, you know, at that point, we were in speaking terms again. Uh, maybe she forgot about that cell phone incident. Maybe she didn't, but who knows now. Um, and But in my circle uh, at work, they would say, oh, you're going home. Did you prepare your skirt? Did you prepare your dress? Because they knew that, you know, I'm not out to my parents. And then uh-huh. at, at that time, I would have like whimsical haircut. And then they would say, Hindi baba, obvious. Like, you know, I'm like, we don't talk about it, you know, like, so, ayan. So it was, it was like a laughing matter, obviously, at that time. But inside, I was dreading the holidays because that means I had to get back to the, get back into the closet. It was like that for years and years. And then in my mind, it's like, I guess this is the cycle that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Like, you know, from, from January to November, early December, I'm like, ooh, yeah, party. No, not, not party, of course, but I mean you get what I mean, right? Yes. But yes. then, but then I go home and then suddenly I'm like like whew quiet, you know, quiet person, like, uh, you know, one-syllable answers to, to, to questions no, from parents. let's talk yes, less mistakes. No, correct, exactly. <laughs> Felt like it was funny, but really for me, it was it was one of the difficult things because, you know, these are the people who really matter to you, but you couldn't be yourself around them. And right. that's just, you know, heartbreaking, right? So, so yun, yun yung ano, that's, that was like the life uh, I had, um, back then that was also part of the process looking back now you mentioned that you had uh
0: three significant um, events in your life that showed the evolution of your coming out or your identity would you you like to share
1: that sure yeah um the first one I already shared like that uh when my mom found out and that's Mm -hmm. when I knew okay I really have to navigate through this so the second Not an incident, but more like a phase uh, in my life. So it was when I started volunteering for Rainbow Rights Philippines. Uh, At that time, my agenda then (laughs) was just, you know, widen my network, uh, meet a few lesbians, maybe date some of them. (laughs) uh, Because prior to that point, I really had no lesbian friends. Like most of my (laughs) friends were, were straight or gay men. And then up until that point, I was thinking, okay, I'm... I, I need some kind of lesbian presence in my life. So I, I don't even recall how it started, but I think I just signed up to like one of the events uh, of Rainbow Rights. And then mm-hmm. I started, you know, talking to the to the people behind it and they were inviting me, they, t- they started inviting me to events. And then eventually I was already volunteering, like uh, anything like taking photos uh, in the <laughs> registration, anything that I could make myself useful. Uh, and then at some point, you know, I I was also I became one of the speakers. Like I became like mm-hmm. a resource person. I started talking about uh, the Jogjakarta principles. So, so at that time, I felt like you know I'm the intellectual, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about these things. But I also had to step up my game then because in Rainbow Rights, uh, they were mostly uh, lesbian lawyers advancing, promoting human rights, et cetera, et cetera. So Jakarta Principles ran right smack in the middle of it. And they asked me, okay, them could you kind of take care of this topic whenever we have events? I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I love, I love researching. I love doing that. So I started talking about it. So I guess for your listeners, I mean, you can Google this later, but uh, really it's, it's just about international human rights specifically applying to sexual orientation gender identities yeah. so yeah during that time i was so involved in rainbow rights it was you know it was a beautiful experience because in the process i was getting to know myself i was getting exposed to more lesbian shapes and sizes right so did you get it, to date <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I guess one 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 objective done. <laughs> but of course, more than that, right? So it's it's really getting to know like brilliant people in their fields. And you know, that's that's when it started to really speak to me that I can be very, very good even if I'm a lesbian. Even if, right? Even if I'm a lesbian. So there was still that mindset then. But yeah, that exposure really opened a lot for me in terms of oh, how I view LGBT. Mm-hmm. At that time, LGBT+, plus and then QIA+, plus uh, later on. Yeah, and I'm so thankful for that experience uh, because I still carry a lot of, you know, a lot of the learning then, even in, until now, right? So it really shaped how I viewed um, uh, our community here in the Philippines. The third point, um, it happened, I think, 20, 2016, 2017. So at that time... I was, uh, I was living abroad, I was, I was assigned uh, for a year abroad for work, so I would come home uh, a few times, and then uh, I would come home in December, um, for usual, but at that time, my mom was already sick, um, so she was in and out of the hospital, so many tests, et cetera, et cetera. But at that time, I was already with my partner then. So my partner now, we were already together then. Um, so we came home to the province. She was with me. Um, but even before that point, because I was living abroad, and my parents, they're, they're old. Na, so they don't know so much about technology, stuff like that. I told them, like, if you need anything from me, text this number. And that number was my, my partner's number. So there's some kind of good relationship uh, between my partner and my mom, um, unfortunately, they met each other in person. My mom was already in the hospital, so mm. my partner kind of missed the fun side of my mom, where you know she would cook for everybody. <laughs> she would like prepare all of those wonderful dishes for Christmas. So she missed that part. But you know, right now when I think of it, I'm just so glad that you know they met each other in person, right? Because not even a month later my mom passed. So at Mm -hmm. that time, I was back in Switzerland. I couldn't, I couldn't focus at work. Uh, uh, She went through dialysis, had a heart attack. And she's now in the ICU. Right. I talked to my boss. And I told him, look, I have to go home. And he was so supportive. And he was even telling me, go home, because I don't want you to regret the moment that you didn't. So we arranged everything. Um, the Where I stayed in Switzerland, it was like an hour away to the airport. So I would take a train to, to the airport. And then in the middle of the ride, the phone call came almost midnight here in the Philippines. And then my partner was calling. And I'm like, I, I, I knew what it could be. right? So so I was like, should I answer? Should I not? Of course, I would answer. So I said, so I said hello. And she wasn't saying anything, but I could hear her crying. And then, uh, of course, I knew what that meant. So she was crying, and she, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." And then for me, like, I don't know, I was, I was like in the middle of a of a train ride to the airport, and I had nobody with me except my my luggage. Um, and then, and then after I hung up. I was like kicking the seats kicking anything I could kick there were a few people in the car they were looking at me I didn't care is my mom she, she asked so it was a long travel going back to to the Philippines because when I landed in Manila I also had to take another plane ride to Bicol my par- my, my my partner was asking me like was it the right decision for me to tell you the news uh, before you know before you got into the plane I'm like yeah absolutely I mean I couldn't you know I couldn't imagine myself being so unsure of the situation in a 16 hour you know travel fast forward to that um to the wake I was looking at my mom my dad came to my side also you know we were looking at her and then I said uh okay um See, I know. Well, she's my partner. And then my dad was like, okay. Okay, lang. Alam ko naman, dati pa? He was like, (laughs) <laughs> but then, you know, uh, obviously, yan, Like afterwards, I was thinking, why didn't you tell me? Like growing up, we wouldn't have, we would have avoided so much drama in your family. But, uh, but you know, but but when he said, no, it's okay, it's okay for as long as you're happy. And then from that moment, I didn't care whoever really would would think that oh, Bem is with with Genito, the only person who who matters to me now, my my dad knows about me and my partner, and that's all that mattered. The the relationship was also evolving, but I was just so surprised that hmm, okay lang. Why what did you decide at that point? It was the moment. Uh, you're you know you're still your mom is still physically <laughs> there, although lifeless. But you know my mom was there with my dad and and at that time parang I was like an ano, ano 30-something years old, should I let this moment pass? I was thinking that mm-hmm. it's not perfect in a sense, but it was a good moment for me to tell my dad that, look, the person I'm with, she's not just a friend. She's someone I choose to be with, much like you and Sima. Ma. Love life since you
0: already started talking about your partner
1: sure okay. sure yeah so my partner and i uh, were celebrating our eighth uh, anniversary this coming january um yeah. but we we met through an app uh, back in 2014 but it wasn't even an instant uh connection or instant communication it was even funny because um this is this was like a, a funny thing to to us like I would always, uh, she would always tell me, oh, I don't message people first in that app. And I'm like, oh, me too. I don't. But but when someone messages me, of course, I would respond. But I would rarely, very rarely um, uh, message people first. And mm-hmm. she was like, so sh- you messaged me first. She told me, <laughs> "I'm like, no, you messaged me first. And I have proof. <laughs> and she was so confident. No, you messaged me first, and I have proof. Okay. So, so yeah. So we compared screenshots. Uh-huh. So just for the record, she uh-huh. messaged me first. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get that uh, out of the way. So, but but even with that, I think it was just a casual high, and then I said hello uh-huh. back, and then nothing. So I'm like, it's so typical, laman, kase, with with those apps. And then a month later, um, I can remember the timing because September, we both celebrate our birthdays. I just messaged her randomly then. So in her mind, that was me messaging her first. So that that's why she was so confident. So I just said, hi, how are you? And then uh, at that time she was uh she was celebrating her birthday or she had a party to celebrate her birthday so they said oh fellow september baby so so then we started that was really the time when we uh kind of started talking um but then it also fizzled out and then for some reason a couple of months later we started talking again and then finally okay so yeah let's you know let's meet up so, our first date, you know, physically, our first date, I was contacting a friend. I was, you know, telling her, so, I'll be in a date. So, you know, the usual, if I don't like this, I'm going to message you and you send me. <laughs> and, then, and then, apparently, from her side, she was also doing the same types of arrangements and then we started talking and talking and it was it's been eight hours since you know we were sitting across each other my friend did drop by just to kind of check in on me but then I was telling her it's okay it's okay go so <laughs> this is going well <laughs> right? so so yeah that was the first date eight hours and then yo, we know, you haven't stopped talking ever since um, obviously we've had her share of dramas in the past, a lot of issues in our past relationships and and I think at that point when I met her, I was like in a really good place mentally emotionally, financially and I'm glad she was also the same. so you know when we started talking she didn't even give me her like social media anything. so I was going into the date completely clueless. About her, so it was like the, the best surprise of my life, I guess. Uh, and we started living together, like most lesbians do. <laughs> After so, the third date. Oh yeah, <laughs> again, let's, know, let's live together. We, obviously, we grew closer. We were started. We started talking about the future on our first date. By the way, we started talking about our non-negotiables, right? Because no. we were, you know, we were at that point in our lives, na parang. Na parang Let's not play games anymore. Here I am. This is what I can offer. You should do the same. Are we in sync in how we want to live our lives together? One of our what? non-negotiables, ito, um, medyo a bit shallow. We really like people who can communicate well. You want someone who's articulate, who could really speak about themselves, about their accomplishments, really confident. So yun, check na good. And on both are our checklist. Check, kami pareho. And so, so small things like that, to, to big things like, um, uh, I think she asked me, like, do you see yourself having kids in the future? And I'm like, uh, no. And she said, yeah, me too. No. So paring in that level, we were also connecting. We were on the same page. And surprisingly... For the same reasons, but for some, it may sound very selfish, but we were also in that stage that, you know, I, I want to live my life comfortably, right? So, so obviously, if I have a kid, if we have kids, then obviously we're going to shower that, you know, the child with love and everything life can offer. But if I, we can avoid that, so we can shower ourselves with, <laughs> with all the love that life can offer, then we will do that had almost the same non-negotiables deal breakers who share the same values. So I I knew that this is not just an eight hour date. This is it. Yeah. This is for the, na, the contract. Oh yon 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 <laughs> let's clear like,
0: out clear it out. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: But that's what yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that the, um, because sometimes it's very hard for people to talk about the most important things. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. People usually skirt it because they don't want to hear the answers, yeah. and then um, once they are in the relationship, begin to wonder why why is this happening uh, when it should have been avoided? Could have been avoided had these talks happened before Correct. beforehand, like can you live in a house with no help you mga ganu exactly kids yeah. okay yeah. pets money For, yeah. values and you're so right i'm very happy to know that that happened to you and mm-hmm. i think you're, you and your partner are an example of uh, possibilities people should always say that it's hard it's hard to talk about it but just
1: just say it yes. Exactly. Just say, <laughs> Just say it. Exactly. And if, like what you said, if the other person skirts around the topic, you know that should tell you something about this person. Then maybe you're not on the same page, right? right? And, and is that something you can live with? If you can, then okay, great. Mm-hmm. But if not, then you really have to rethink about these things. So, I'm glad we had that that eight hour date. <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> na ba kayo after after? Oh, ito na ito <laughs> na.
0: Abang <laughs> <laughs> negotiation. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I, I just want to go back a bit to uh, we talked about you and your the start of your professional career. You, know, you saying that um you were lucky. Yeah. You know, but aside from luck, I think you did some pretty right moves pretty good moves um, yeah. if there are lesbians now entering for example the, the workforce and wanting to start a career in an industry that they, you know, they really want to make a mark on yeah.
1: um,
0: wh- what, what can you share you know what were the right things that you think you did at that point yeah,
1: yeah. I think uh, um, one of the, th- the things that I live by is if you don't ask the answer is always no I would always tell my partner that and she would even tell me like, that's one of the things that I like about you. That's one of the things that I learned about you. Like if you see an opportunity and you know that it fits with what you want or who you want to be, then you take it. I was in a good place to kind of make these types of decisions for myself. Mm-hmm. right? So I didn't rush into it know, obviously, I had so many mistakes in my career. When I reached a certain maturity and then I could, could spot opportunities for myself, I took it. And I think I was sharing this a while ago. I was assigned to, to uh, the headquarters of our company uh, for a year. And I took, I took advantage of it in a sense that all of the networks that I could establish... Like you know, reaching out to this person in the headquarters, this person, really connecting with people, took advantage of that and still benefits me to this day. And it was like six six years ago, right? So, so there's always that uh, the opportunity side in in Filipino we would say opportunista and it sounds like a bad thing. No, mm-hmm. it's not. You're looking out for yourself and you know for the family, for the people you love, and you do things to, you know, make it work. And that's part of the things that will make it work. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you, you see the opportunity, you establish a network, really cultivate it because the people who will help you then can also, you know, help you later on in your career. We always uh, say in our company, like, we have like, you know, we have almost 300,000 employees globally, but then we still think we have a small world. And, you know, in some respect, it's true because, you know, the people you work with, most likely you work with this person later on. So we really can mm-hmm. cultivate that, cultivate the relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So working for Nestle, and seems like from the way you've been talking about it and seeing you at the PFIP <laughs> Summit, <Yes. laughs> looks like uh, they have a very good uh, program that takes care of their uh, LGBT employees Okay, yeah. what makes working uh, for Nestlé special or special, uh, yeah. ideal
1: for LGBTs? Just last year, we had our first Pride event in the Philippines. So I was invited based again on the relationships I've built in the past. So they remembered me and asked me, oh, can you, uh, can you be a guest in this event? and mm-hmm. talk about you know your experience about yourself being you know in the lgbt com- uh, community so i said of course i would readily say yes to to you mm-hmm. know to those things and i think that was also the the time when i became more visible in the company here in the philippines like if there's like an lgbt event most likely i'm associated with it or i'm kind of running it in the background with my coworkers and that's also the reason I joined PFIP. I became part of the leadership uh, team there. So it's really, again, a lot of those relationships uh, being cultivated uh, through the years. And then Super Sacto, that you talk about workplace inclusion in PFIP, the very same thing that uh, that I've been wanting, right? In in my Maybe I didn't have the term then because of workplace inclusion, I don't. I don't think it's new. It is just you know getting the uh, g- getting into the mainstream like in the last few years, right? Because there are so many other companies here in the Philippines who have been visible with this, uh, with pride. So that's how I got into PFIP talking about workplace inclusion, um, talking about yeah diversity, uh, shameless plug, and kind of like the face and the the diversity and inclusion um, uh, programs. We're going to show that. Oh, and, and <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> and yeah. she means it literally. It's not figurative that she's the face. She's really the face,
1: on all the face the, in a big standee. On the posters, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's how I got into to this advocacy.
0: When you think about other LBTQ women, and of mm-hmm. course, uh, because you were involved in uh, with Rainbow Rights before, yes. of course, as you've said, you met a lot of people but uh, talking about what can be done to improve legislative reforms so that LGBTs will not be discriminated and have the same rights as everyone else. What do you think are the basic challenges, and particular to women this time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, LBTs, Face then, and you still see our problems that we need to still address in the
1: future. Uh, In the future and now, Um, Sigur, I can share, and it's not just true for Nestle. I know a lot of multinational companies are are talking about it. Young women in leadership positions. So now, or in the last few years. It started gaining some traction. Like it's actually a target for some companies to have x percent of women in positions in like in the board or in the leadership team. Obviously, this that's great you know, for women, whether it's a cisgender, transgender, lesbian, it doesn't matter. So it's a great thing for women. But right now, We've done so much, but there's still so much we can do. A few years ago, my gender expression is more masculine. Uh, you know, by societal standards, I have tats. Uh, you know, I have, I have tattoos. In one of the meetings I've had a few years ago, I had this um, comment like, "Uh, I, what's? You have so many tattoos. You look like you're from jail." Okay. <laughs> so, how did you How did you deal with that? I was like, I was. You know, I was. I. I wish I had more wisdom than to really retaliate, (laughs) you know, but in that moment,
0: retaliate retaliate
1: is not just to respond, right? But I think at at that moment, I was so caught off guard that like, Mm -hmm. we're in the workplace and you're making these comments like, Mm -hmm. wait long, right? So I I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really uh, say anything. So for me, workplace inclusion is like, really be kind, it's free how the other people feel, so they are they feel included, will not take anything away from you. Nothing will take anything from someone else's rights if we can enjoy the same things. So if it feels right, it must be right. Simple right? That's true.
0: Sometimes things can sound very complicated, but when really when you really break it down, yeah. it's really very simple. It's like everyone should be able to enjoy the same opportunities, but then, but I would like to add to that, but because we are all uh, starting off from a different starting point, that's when the concept of intersectionality also comes right. along. Right? You people have to should work also twice as hard, right? So people should also right. be mindful that if you offer, let's like, example. Uh, more of something to someone it's not because there be you're they're being extra you know that they need the, <laughs> the extra two steps you know? but it's yeah. because they might be starting off from a farther starting point that they cannot yeah. compete right. baga, right. to, <laughs> to get to the point where it would be easy for someone in your place or you know someone else is from another university to, to be able to get to to that point.
1: Yeah. yeah. Correct. No. And you know, right now, I'm just so, so, so happy because I think 15 years ago, I wouldn't have thought that for Nestle, for example, or even other companies, you mm-hmm. know, our benefits, like our medical benefits will cover our partner is that recognition that families can look differently and the companies respond to that. And again, two decades ago, that would have been so far fetched. So now, like, like what I said, you know, things are happening, things are evolving, um, and we're in that constant uh, hunt for the new thing, right? So even in Nestle, we don't just look, look at what we've done so far. We also mm-hmm. look externally. That's why we join, you know, organizations like PFIP because we want to learn from companies like IBM, Accenture. They've been doing this whole thing for years. And there's mm-hmm. so many other things that we can learn from, you know, these companies, benchmarking, uh, the industry standards. There's so much out there. All we have to
0: do is just look. True. Um, The other thing that I noticed during the PFIP was that, well, for one, I was very happy to see all these uh, leaders of industries. I wouldn't have imagined it, you know, starting out as an activist yeah. in in the 90s, the early 90s, no, that I would live to see the day that there would be a huge conference in this huge hotel, high-end and everything, all these people making decisions for right. hundreds of other employees. And it's, it's really awesome. Um, but it, it just also shows because people are getting together there, that there's mm-hmm. power being created because there is a problem outside that Correct. still needs to be addressed, yes. right? What do you think are the challenges now that you have to address? The other thing that I noticed is that most of the companies are companies based abroad. Foreign I was companies. getting into that. Yeah, yeah. with offices <laughs> in the Philippines. But I was looking for the Filipino companies. And Correct. from what I heard during the talks and the plenary, uh, was that there's like a very small percentage and they're still working on some of the bigger companies who
1: can be the forerunners so that the others would follow and yeah i was i was going there because again what the, the companies that you see there would be like the usual big names <laughs> like what 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 you mentioned um so what we're really lacking is the same kind of enthusiasm the same level mm. of enthusiasm with Filipino owned companies right? yeah. Why? Uh, easy I know, maybe on a practical uh, side of things they might think it's just you know an added you know added expense like what's diversity and inclusion I only have like a small company of 80 people. Right? But, but the thing is you look internally yes you, you have 80 people so if you're like a, I, I, I don't know in, in like a, in a small business, obviously you also have customers. your diversity and inclusion doesn't doesn't restrict you from influencing those 80 people in your workforce because there are so many other customers that can also influence your business right So obviously diversity and inclusion because it's not tangible in a way if you if you think about it, it's so conceptual. It's so like high above. How can you apply it, right? So, and then you start thinking, oh, diversity inclusion. So now I have to. Uh, build a new bathroom for my all-gender bathroom. I mean, it doesn't have to be like that, right? There's so many so common, ano? <laughs> oh, right. So, parang. But in a way, then that's also one of the you know one of the big points. Ah, company A has like all-gender restrooms in all of their offices in the Philippines. So, like, whoa, nice! But then a Filipino-owned company okay, so this is expense for me and I'm only earning this much, right? So I guess in terms of like budget allocation, that's not really their priority because their priority would be like, I don't know, improving their products, improving their services. But what we did not realize now is that things as conceptual as diversity and inclusion can impact every step of your production line, right? Um, So even as simple as, you know, hiring Hiring a, a diverse workforce. So you're also talking about PWDs here, right? LGBTQ. It doesn't end in LGBTQ when you talk about diversity and inclusion. There's so many elements to it. So it's just really a matter of, I don't know, being more open, uh, not looking at it as an expense, but more like an investment. Um, Unfortunately, we're not in that stage yet. And I'm glad we have PFIP. We have um, America uh, LGBT Chamber of Commerce also kind of uh, you know focusing on the grassroots, right? So that there's like a lot of you know organizations. I'm so yeah, you know, I'm so happy we have these things these days. Well thank you for saying that
0: because usually when people say diversity, inclusion, LGBT kagad. So I think right. that's a very important point when people realize that I'm glad that there are companies now like yours, like Nestle, and other companies who are part of PFYP or the LGBT Chamber, who yeah. are doing just that. Not just right. for the LGBTs, but also for for others. Right. You know, who may be seen as, like, different but they should might- not.
1: The air quotes minority. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right, so. Uh, so strange. Though. We should find
0: another yeah. term for that. But yeah, uh, but, but diversity yeah. and inclusion is already good. I think that already says uh, what needs to be said. Okay. Sige. <laughs> well, this has been a great conversation. Um, yes. Not just. Oh, uh, I'm very happy and thank you so much for sharing. Yung nakito ko kasi na pag pagmerge ng life experiences and work. Mm-hmm. Um, nakita ko and um, I I hope that parang ano eh, parang what you know at work you apply in your personal life what you have in your personal life you're able to apply the same. at yes. work right because it's one life and pasok na pasok diversity concept correct, correct. <laughs> wait Thank you very much, BAM, for Thank sharing you. your time. Thank you. Do, is there anything that, uh, any activity that you have coming up that you would like to, to tell our listeners?
1: Uh, watch out for, you know, for events uh, in the coming year. I'm also invited to to a speaking engagement with the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. So once I know more details, I can also share with you. And I guess lastly... Happy holidays, because <laughs> <laughs> we're almost in the uh, you know we're almost entering the holiday seasons. So you are right. celebrating happy holidays, and we I wish you a good twenty twenty three year ahead. Thank, thank you thank very you much. So much.
0: Thank you so much for the energy and happy holidays to you as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so weird, enough, but thank, thank you, chef. Man. Thank you. That's thank awesome. you.
0: This segment of the podcast might as well be entitled, What We Learn From BEM. 1. Let Kids Be As a child, BEM enjoyed robots, tech toys, but also beauty contests. The imposition of gender roles causes dissonance when children prefer to explore other activities and interests. If we could just leave children to their own devices, then probably there would be less judgment, bullying, and discrimination. Bem is a great example of someone who thrived early on in an environment that allowed her the freedom to just be. Two, coming out on your own terms. Being quote unquote discovered or outed when you're not ready can be a really scary situation and in some cases can even deprive you of a celebratory dinner. Sorry about that, Bem. But it became an impetus for her to be independent, applying her strategic training and use the rejection as fuel not just to survive but to excel if you're ever outed remember to use it to your advantage three engagement volunteering for rainbow rights helped Bem discover more about herself while having fun at the same time there's nothing to lose by doing good also she showed us that you can learn more by doing and doing helped her in her becoming Never one to wait for things to happen, she learned by engaging in any new task that needed to be done, and in the process, she got entrusted with bigger responsibilities. Opportunities and connections also came along that helped her to create a bigger space for herself and others. Four, family. I have heard many LGBTs say that the outside world may reject them, but for as long as their families support and respect them, then they will be fine. In the case of Ben, she and her dad finally broke the silence around her sexuality at the last time they could be together, physically as a family. The final act as a family to be bound again by the thing that first brought them together, love. 5. Finding the right person is also a function of being the right person. While we still While we'll always be different people, we recognize what we possess, meaning values, priorities, and goals. Like a business, you may have different ideas about how to run things, and that's okay, but you have to agree where you want to drive the business to. That's the purpose of eight-hour dates and being in a good place. Six, have conversations about the terms before you buy into the proposal. Is it? crass to talk about non-negotiables at the beginning of a relationship heck no not if you have been around the block and used and used what you have learned uh, about things in life be careful with your heart and when you do then you also teach others to know better than taking you for granted or seven knowing what you want minimizes the chances of you being swayed or manipulated if you don't stand for anything then you can be pulled in just about any direction. Nothing more painful than realizing that you had assumed things would be okay for as long as you loved each other or love each other. Cute, romantic, but girl, that could cost you more than what you were willing to give. Money, sex, having children, living together, family obligations, pets, religion, being out, saving, spending, vices, friends... Decision making may not matter in the beginning or when things are going well. But when things start becoming less than ideal, just as when we say that you'll be glad, you have a guide on how to do things when they happen. Eight, quoting BEM. Working for on something as conceptual as DNA can impact on the whole line of production. Good to remember that DNI is not just about LGBTs. It includes people perceived as quote-unquote different, based on age, sex, religion, ability, etc. Investing in an inclusive environment creates a culture where creativity, cooperation can thrive. Diversity is not bad. It's necessary for survival, actually. Otherwise, nature would have just created bananas. 9. How you do one thing is how you do everything, as the Japanese would say. BEM has taken all opportunities to learn and has shown us that work principles can apply just as well to one's personal life. Invest first before cashing in on all that life has to offer. Thank you for joining us at the table. I hope you enjoyed our time together. If you want to hear someone or yourself would like to share your story, do tell. We'd love to hear from you. Think of this as our private conversation with other lesbians and women loving women. A place and time to hear ourselves and in these stories that resonate with our own experiences. Maybe find the time to volunteer with your friendly LGBT organization. Make that conversation happen. Be the first to say hi to that interesting woman online and not care about who said it first. Hug your family and just ask to get the answer. Don't defeat yourself. Never mind if it's a no for now. Just keep asking and trying. Let's find inspiration, courage, humor, ideas, and insight. And be amazed by our lesbian diversity, wit, and power. Please follow and share Narratives on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave voice messages on anchor.fm or email me at narratives thepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us again. Ginny Villar here for the past hour or so, thanking you for listening. Join us again next time. Remember, there's always a place for you at the table. Expect nothing, learn everything, here at Narratives, our lesbian stories. Go for whatever it is, strategically, today.